Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you tired of the endless stream of fantasy marketing and vanity metrics? Yeah, so am I. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, media specialist, and marketing strategist. I'm also a student of professional development, and like you, I've been left frustrated by all of this influencer-driven generic advice, making us think that we are just one course, conference, or manifestation away from the life of our dreams. We need to cut through this crap and move beyond the posturing, beyond the facade, beyond the image, to take real action on the real work that will create the real results. This is the Beyond the Image podcast. My guest today is health and wellness coach Nadine Dumas. Nadine, always a pleasure. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Doing good. Really great. By the way, awesome new cover on the Icon Fit magazine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I can introduce one. you to the photographer if you want. <laughs> can you? I'd like his autograph on that cover. Not yours, but his. <laughs> yes. Um, that was an interesting project because we did something with that for those who haven't seen it uh nadine was on the recent cover of icon fit magazine and when we decided to work on this cover we says we want this to be an issue that represents authenticity that represents transparency um that truly reveals what 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 we're trying to communicate in a more honest way and because of that we didn't photoshop any of the photos and you would never know because the photos you know look flawless and i don't know what was your thought when i when i said to you oh by the way we're we want you on this cover also we're not going to photoshop these photos what was your thought on that well, if you could only see the other side of the phone when I read the, <laughs> the text message, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, and I haven't even, I haven't made a post about that yet either. Um, but, you know, even just knowing that I was going to be shooting the cover, the amount of stress and anxiety that I had, because I haven't seen you in, was it five years? I think so. Or or maybe it was three or something like that. Five. I want to say five and it might feel like three because everything like two, March 2000 to like beginning yeah. of 2002 felt like two months when really it was two years. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, it was a long time. And mm. I just felt like on top of this photo not being photoshopped, I'm also older, a lot older. <laughs> five years um, yeah <laughs> um and you know I think everyone with going through the pandemic uh, you know so many things changed whether it was through exercise or eating or um you know medical things that have happened and I'm just like I what happens if I show up and he is like oh bad mistake 
<laughs> the amount of like things. And I think I may have brought it up the day that we shot um, of just like how nervous I was. And it had just been so long since I had stood in front of your camera. Mm-hmm. So add on top of that, that we're not Photoshopping, um, you know, and I should also say too, it's not like you are going to, it's not like it's like this massive Photoshop at all. Like I know what it is that you do with editing and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but there was still nerves around it for sure. Well, of course there's going to be, it's, it, it, it it's a, a request that you have to be shown almost raw and bare mm-hmm. and you know really the the emphasis of everything that i try to create with my imagery is how i'm lighting how i'm posing how i'm you know constructing the image it, and all of this goes into the final product and you know when we see something amazing with our eyes we we see this beautiful sunset, for example, we go to take a photo of it. Then we look back at the photo and we realize when we look at the photo that there was a shit ton of power lines in in the Mm -hmm. distance. Well, we didn't see that when we were looking, we just saw this gorgeous sunset. And really my, my focus with so much of my work is not to change the context of, of what people see. It's to remove the distractions for something that they wouldn't have noticed anyway. So when I edit photos, when I actually do Photoshop photos, I'm editing at 200 to 400%, meaning that's how much the photo is zoomed in. Meaning when you look at the photo at 100%, when you look at the Mm -hmm. photo at that size, at real size, you might not see these things. Right. You only see them when you go into, you know, and my camera shoots 35 million pixels. It's going to pick up 35 million bits of information. Mm-hmm. I'm removing power lines, theoretically, mm-hmm. sometimes literally, um, from from the photos. So we ran these shots unphotoshopped, and they look so similar to shots that would look photoshopped, unless I guess you were to blow it up to four hundred percent, and then you might see where where we would we would do some some editing. But because these images are running like twelve inches by eight inches. No mm-hmm. one is seeing it at 400%. So we felt confident running this and showing our audience, no, this is what it really looks like. So when you see someone who looks mm-hmm. amazing, when you see someone who's achieved something phenomenal, when you see someone who has this glowing, effervescent vibe and presence within within their imagery, maybe don't blame Photoshop. Maybe that's just who they are. And And you, I will say, were chosen intentionally for that, even though I hadn't seen you in five years, mm-hmm. um, I just knew that that was something like it, it was. It was never a question of whether or not you would be capable for for a feature like this. So, oh, thanks. You may have been nervous. I wasn't nervous. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> I don't I know. So. I don't know. I, I I don't see myself getting nervous at too many photo shoots. No, no. You're the one that's in control in a way, right? So. Well, I guess it depends who's paying the bills. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that 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 might change it. I've had a few where, like, I had a photo shoot recently <clears throat> where you know the 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 talent manager was on set. 
Uh, the editor was like zooming in. There was a stylist on set, a makeup artist on set. Um, the creative director was getting proofs sent to her throughout the day. And there was mm-hmm. just a lot of energy. And so mm-hmm. I was just, I wouldn't say I was nervous, but I was definitely, I definitely had a very intense energy that day trying to uh-huh. manage not only the person I was photographing, but the other dozen energies and personalities in the room on top of that, because, you know, mm-hmm. my job is so much more than just taking photos. It's, it's, it's interesting how right. that all kind of lays out. Um, when was the first time you and I worked together? Cause we've worked together a handful of times, but I'm trying to recall what the first time was. It was in Vegas. It was, I was wondering if it was in Vegas or if that was a, was a mistake memory. So it was no. in Vegas during what worlds or something? Oh no. Olympia. Olympia. Okay. Yeah. And then it was like, I had my one hour time slot mm-hmm. or an hour and a half or something yep. like that Yep. in the hotel room. <laughs> white screen mm-hmm. and I don't I don't even know how many photos we took and I think the very first one um was a oxygen cover that's right we did get the cover of oxygen um yeah yeah so I have to have a disclaimer that I no longer take models to my hotel room anymore <laughs> I saw your eyes as soon as I said that <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't mean for it to come out that way. No, 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 no. It's, it's, I'm glad you said it because what we ended up doing and photographers still do this, which is they, they kind of show hop, you know, they go from competition to competition. I I have a whole bunch of people asking me right now over Instagram, if I'm going to be, um, at, uh, I guess whatever the next one is, aren't the art. Uh, um, and no, I'm not because I did it for years. I did it for like 10 years where we would get out this giant hotel suite uh, mm-hmm. big enough that we could build a studio in and we would book ourselves solid. I mean, for four days, maybe five days, I was shooting every hour upon the hour. And Nadine is right. I had people scheduled to the minute. No shoot mm-hmm. could run over because the second Nadine's shoot was finished, I had the next person in the lobby that I had to bring up for their photo shoot. Right. Mm-hmm. And after doing this for years, um, what, what I kind of surmised was that I'm just taking a lot of the same photos. And it, it felt like a rush cattle call. So that's why I ended up not doing it anymore. It's been, I mean, you might've been one of the last times I ended up doing that, but um, yeah, off of that shoot, we, we kind of had this lightning in a bottle result and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there you are on the cover of oxygen magazine. And then we end up shooting together a handful of more times where you came out to, to our, our yeah. studios here in Arizona um yeah. landing features for uh what do we have women's health and fitness magazine the big book of mm-hmm. beauty that that i think was yeah. my favorite one that we did was the cover of the big book of beauty that was a surprise i mean that you've one. in your career you've had what half a dozen plus covers how many how many yeah. covers uh, have you landed yeah 14 maybe or something oh oh so i i wasn't i was way off yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe uh, with you. Maybe half a dozen with me. Yeah. I think actually there was more with you, to be honest. I'm going to have honest. to go back and look. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot, though. So. A lot. A tremendous amount of, of covers. And it's interesting because when you look at, like, I think the ones that come to mind are like, obviously, the Oxygen cover, 
mm-hmm. your your cover of Inside Fitness comes to mind. Uh, the Big Book of Beauty. Um, it's, that one in Dubai. That's yes, the one in Dubai. The orange one. Uh, oh my God, you're right. That cover was so good. Yeah, it was. With the, it was like the orange zip top and the yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all you. Mm-hmm. And it all of it, like every cover you've ever had is this amazing, flawless representation of of you, even the new one. Mm-hmm. It's a flawless representation of you, this one that's not Photoshopped. And yet they all look so different. Mm-hmm. Your look and 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 energy and 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 presence within your brand and within within your 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 creative has shifted so mm-hmm. dramatically. In, in 10 years, I would love to know, like, what allows you to be able to, almost like a chameleon, mm. it's all you, like, no one could look at any of these photos and be like, who's that? Like, well, that's Nadine, mm-hmm. but yet they're all so different. And I, and I would love to kind of like, I don't know, peer into that a little bit. Oh, I don't even know. Um, I think over time... Uh, like one, the industry changed, um, my clientele changed, I was a mom, um, my outlook on things changed. And I slowly, it, it wasn't like I, I did some, well, if if you looked at my photo that we that I posted yesterday, yes, there was like a, a night and day. I was like jet black hair mm-hmm. and you know, now I'm blonde and like a very um harder kind of colder look like edgier yeah and then as time just kind of went on I guess I just started to change the the types of I guess the hair uh the way that I shot um I think I used to always shoot and never smile and um, I think it was when I started shooting. Actually, it was. It was when I started shooting with you. I started oh, smiling. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I think even in that that photo that I um, that I posted yesterday, I wasn't smiling. I wouldn't smile because I thought that you had to have this like serious kind that of kind of like sultry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jamie Eason would make fun of it because she would always say like, you always are saying like the number two silently two. <laughs> and that's the, that's the face you make in the photos. It's <laughs> actually really good though. <laughs> yeah. And it just, I guess I just got more comfortable with myself and more mm-hmm. comfortable with who I was and what I stood for, I guess, over time. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I do, a lot of the, I'll, I'll call it commercially viable portraits, which are mostly high key lighting, so bright lighting, um, with with lots of of energy and and excitement, and so I I get people to smile a lot. That's kind of um, yeah. a thing that I do, and I can do, and we have done the the more edgier, the sultrier, or you know however you want to define it. But with mm-hmm. you, like when I think, okay, if I were to think of like a signature Nadine look, mm-hmm. it's the smile. Yeah. 
it's 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 the like you know we we often shoot like the walking towards the camera pose yeah uh with with the the big energy and the exuberant smile um yeah that is so signature to you that anything else like that's that's you modeling you know when mm-hmm. you model you're playing a character you're playing a role but when i see nadine i see you know the this exuberance um and maybe that doesn't work for some people uh right. but i think it certainly works for you i had this one photographer i think he was trying to insult me but he said it as a compliment uh, i was out to dinner with him i won't say who it was um but he was like yeah you have a way of doing these bright commercial photos that seem so easy and everyone seems so happy not everyone can do that but he said it was in such a way where i was like you making fun of my work it felt like he was making fun of my work while complimenting me at the same time yeah it was it was really weird i'm like i'm sorry i can't do these moody black and white naked photos that that you're known for bud but (laughs) well it's also you know even um that long ago i can't remember when it was that we first started shooting like eight years ago or something Mm -hmm. um a lot of the images that made covers of yours were covers that you needed a girl to smile you needed a girl to act happy and bright and colorful and cheery and and that was what worked and that's what that's the reason why all of those covers came to be right well i think it i i go back to the word commercially viable they were viable for the market if you're creating like if you're creating work that is just for you, like personal projects or or mm-hmm. something that you're just trying to tell a narrative with, yeah, do something that that is impactful and meaningful to you. But do not be surprised if it is not getting picked up exactly. because the market is telling you what they're looking for. They're telling you by mm-hmm. what's on newsstands right now. This is what we want. And yes, you can break rules and you should be breaking rules and you should be trying things and you should be experimenting and pushing boundaries while still being able to create something that's commercially viable. So like we, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I've had covers that uh, pushed boundaries in regards to what you would normally see on a magazine cover, um, but it still worked and it's still sold. I couldn't do something that was the antithesis of what Mm -hmm. they're trying to achieve because they've already, they have so much data showing this is what sells. This is what we need. Right. Exactly. Shooting as long as you have, has there been any shift or evolution in how you prepare for a photo shoot and or what you're what you're trying to get out of it, like your goals for a photo shoot, your intentions behind doing the shoot? Um, to be honest, I don't think that my intentions have ever changed. Um I've always just wanted to get on the covers and I shoot with that purpose. And and I had this conversation the other day with a girl and she was asking me how, you know, how I got on a lot of the covers that I did. And and I was explaining it to her. And a lot of it was that I went in with the, the intention, like I, I knew what those covers were looking for and, and, or what those magazines were looking for and what those covers need to look for or need to look like what I needed to bring in terms of clothes, what I needed my hair to look like. It wasn't that I was changing who I was at mm-hmm. all or anything like that. 
um, in terms of how I prepare for it, um, I probably stressed myself out way more in the past mm. because you just wanted to have everything together and appear perfect. But I started to realize, I think the more that I started to shoot with photographers, what you guys see is so different than how we perceive like what it is that you see. You know, you can change a little bit, like, you know, the clothes being a little bit off in terms of, you know, uh, you know, I don't even know, like a little bit of extra skin on the mm -hmm. side of, of the pants or, or something like that. And one of the things, and I don't know if it was you that had said it, um, but I was told that like, I can change everything except for your face. Like, so you can't look like a deer caught in headlights and you need to be able to smile. You need to be able to bring all of this. But if you think that you have a little bit of extra fat hanging out of the side of your your pants, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. And I think I used to stress myself out a lot around those kinds of things, making sure all of that was perfect, where I didn't really need to worry about it as much. That was probably all. Yeah. I would say, you know, looking back over the handful of shoots that we've done together, you've always been intentional mm -hmm. about, about the work you create. And it's not that you're not willing to be creative and test things out because you are, I mean, we've, we've tried lots of different things in our photos, but under the umbrella of what would we do with this image? What's the intention yep. behind it? Where could we push this? Where could we pitch this to? Is there right. value behind taking this photo or is this just a photo to be a photo? Right. And I think also for me too, um, there was this other aspect of I'm flying 15 hours to get to you mm -hmm. and I need to make this small amount of time. Some, I don't even think I ever traveled with my son except for the last time. Um, but all of the other times he was here. And so I had to make sure that my time was worth it when I would come out there. And I only had a very small amount of time with you and then I would come back home. So it was very intentional as well. And I, I just couldn't go and, and do it just for the hell of it. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely went with an intention. Yeah. What have you noticed changing in regards to how you connect with and how you communicate with magazines as you're, you know, pitching images, building these relationships? Have you seen that shift at all over the last eight to 10 years? Um, I haven't done a lot of it in the past three, mm -hmm. probably. Um, one, just because there's a lot of magazines that aren't around anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's one of them. Um, and then, and maybe it's just more me of what it is that I've seen, but a lot of the people that they're choosing, um, I find now they're being chosen for different reasons. And I'm not exactly sure what those reasons are, um, but I haven't really thought too much about it. Um, but in terms of like in the previous years, I don't know. I'm not really sure. You are right that so many publications are disappearing. Mm -hmm. 
and this is something I was thinking about this the other day. What I'm seeing are any publication that I would call a mass market publication or publication that tries to cover a lot of things mm-hmm. really has struggled to fully identify a niche audience and thus loyal advertisers for that niche audience. So a lot Mm -hmm. of these big title publications, which try to be so many things to so many different people, ended up not really having much of an identity anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I am seeing is this wave of very small but hyper-specific media outlets stepping into the marketplace. And mm-hmm. so like you look at um, like like uh, Women's Running Magazine, there's no, there's no question about what, what that magazine is covering. Like it right. is yeah. so specific. Now, is Women's Running Magazine going to have the same audience as Women's Health Magazine? No way, mm-hmm. not a chance. But that being said, for the overhead of Women's Health Magazine and what they would then have to assess to advertisers, if you're an advertiser and you need to reach a very specific audience, are you going to trust Women's Health with that because everyone picks up Women's Health? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to go to a hyper niche publication where you know exactly who that reader is? And I I think, you know, the advertising dollars are what dictates what's getting published. And I feel like it's going to these niche media outlets with very specific audiences. And it's not these big audacious newsstand magazines anymore, but there is still publishing happening. It's just being done at a much, a much different one-to-one scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do think, um, you know, just even for myself in the past, dealing with a lot of the other magazines, I always had content to give them, mm-hmm. um, always had content to give them. But I think a little bit of like the narrative has just started to change within magazines. Like back eight, 10 years ago, a lot of the stuff that I would do with magazines was all about um, transformations before mm-hmm. and afters mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. And to be honest, I don't really even know if, if they do show a lot of that anymore. Um, because I think a lot of magazines are starting to maybe move away from that. I'm not for sure, for sure, but that's just what I have noticed, um, just as a change in the industry. So, and I'm going to guess as well, just with the pandemic that there's been, um, you know, magazines where people weren't buying magazines, people didn't want to touch them. They don't want to, you know, they're not going to set them out in the um, doctor's office because they don't want people flipping through and then the next person grabbing it and flipping through. And I don't know if that was also a huge part of why some of these magazines also closed too. I'm not exactly sure. I can't imagine it helped um, no. because newsstand sales are some of what propels a media outlet. And if you eradicate newsstands, Mm-hmm. Eradicate newsstand sales, and thus you're lo- I, I Magazines were working off a razor razor thin margin to begin with, so any anything that is going to upset that, even even fractionally, is going to be uh, right. have have very profound results. 
Um, and I would say, yeah, they're looking at what features are are going to land better. I think you have really two camps of thoughts. You have the camp of thought, which is we need clicks and thus everything is about the clickiest clickbait headline mm -hmm. we can think of mm -hmm. because we need to drive ad revenue and, or mm -hmm. we're going to come up with some way to try to generate lots of uh, website traffic. Like, I don't know, a contest where you get a thousand people to ask for votes every day. Mm -hmm. So we can charge for advertising and that will get us to do something. Um, and I feel it sours yeah. the, the integrity yeah. of, of, the, sure. of a publication. Um, you know, and, and here's an example in the last 72 hours, I've had two people ask me what it would cost for them to be on the cover of icon fit magazine. Really? Uh -huh. Okay. And the entrepreneur in me is thinking, say $10,000, say $10,000, say $10,000. <laughs> um, but the journalist in me says, we do not sell the covers. Mm -hmm. They are purely editorial driven. Well, how do I land the cover then? Got to have a good story. Mm -hmm. and if you don't have a good story, we can't put you on the cover. Um, my son's college savings fund will kick me for saying that naturally. <laughs> um, but that's also a, an evolution is uh, an explosion of native advertising, native advertising being uh, advertising content that looks like editorial content. Mm -hmm. um, and once again, if we're not being honest about this, if we're not being transparent about it, it can, it can really muddy the, the waters. And then I'm seeing that and you know there's a lot of that I, I I don't agree with and some of it I may take some issue with and some of it I only partially agree with um and, and I think the contrast is then you're getting these once again these hyper specific media outlets that are not trying to get 100,000 subscribers right. they're trying to get 10,000 mm -hmm. and that's all they need and then they can focus on quality narratives for their audience that that delivers them exactly what they need and people then will seek out that outlet because of the content that they're producing not because they happen to see it on a newsstand and i think mm -hmm. you're having these two different really opposing approaches to this industry and you know i don't know maybe maybe it is the financially driven ones that that will end up surviving and and getting enough false clicks is is what it takes i'm not sure right yeah well i guess it's kind of like just social media and people too right putting their stuff out on on instagram and some people are financially driven and some people are you know more about the clicks and each to their own i guess you know off of that mm -hmm. Like one could say that with your numbers that you're an influencer, mm -hmm. but I've never seen you play the role of an influencer. Mm -hmm. You've never really worn that suit. No. Intentionally yeah. you, you've chosen not to, or just didn't seem interesting to you or you know, what, um, what was the, what was the thought behind that? 
I was with some companies in the past, but I really, I really didn't post a lot on my social media about it unless I had to. Um, I think there was a lot that just kind of went, it went against who I am and what I believed in. And um, kind of like what we were just saying is there were certain things that I just won't do mm-hmm. just to gain a buck or just to gain some followers. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. And I still, to this day, like, I don't care. <laughs> and my, um, and maybe like, if you look at my Instagram as well, it's, I, I don't like blow up a ton of stuff on there and feel like I need to definitely in the past, like 10 years ago, I remember feeling like I had to post every single day and, mm-hmm. and I was glued to my phone and I, it was the only way that I thought that I was going to build my business and on and on and on. And just as time went on, I built my business, not on Instagram not off of Instagram. And I just did everything a little bit more from an authentic, genuine side of referrals and and that kind of thing. But I never really felt like I wanted to go down that route. And I also just didn't have the time. Like I look at it sometimes, I'm like, I don't know how people have the time to do all of this Mm -hmm. as well. Maybe they have people that work for them and do it. But I think a lot of people do also post on their own. What I've seen is they have people do the actual work for them so they can be on Instagram all day long. So they can be honest. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was um I was writing an article right before I jumped on this on this recording yeah. and and the article is kind of recapping a mastermind experience I had been in. And I was I spent some time really thinking and trying to remember back to this elite mastermind that I was a part of and just some of the shit I was hearing people say mm-hmm. and how they viewed their consumers as numbers as opposed to human beings and like complaining about how they've been going through like I'm on my third assistant this year and I just you know they can't train good help anymore okay um or how easy it is to to do upsells you know oh just add that upsell they'll buy it they'll buy anything Right. Um, and I'm just like, okay. Or one person says, yeah, I just onboarded a dozen new clients today. And like, well, how do you serve all them? Oh, I have coaches that, that do that. No one gets access to me for under $20,000. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, that certainly allows them to be on Instagram all day long. Mm -hmm. If they don't, if they don't have any, any of the, of the real work and it's more of a facade. And then it's, I also think we're now starting to see through it a little bit. I agree. For a while we're like, Oh wow. Look at this life. This is interesting. Yes. Uh, What a nice car. What a nice house. They never have a dirty dish out. This is what a life. Um, And now we're kind of like, wait a second, that Mm -hmm. that's not attainable. And it feels it feels very forced all of a sudden and and your feed uh, minimal at best has been just this is a little bit of my work and this is a little bit of my life and one of the things i noticed on your feed is you don't sell hard 
in mm -hmm. your feed no. at all. I don't know if I've ever seen no. you asking for sales, no. um, but yet you run a successful business. Mm -hmm. So correlate that for me because a lot of people are like clamoring to try to yeah. build attention and push as many sales as they can. Um, a lot, I guess the short answer of it, a lot of my stuff comes from referrals, mm -hmm. a lot of it and like probably 90% of it mm. comes from referrals or it'll come from like Googling something, um, online. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they might find my Instagram, but yes, again, they probably won't know a whole lot about what it is that I do or what it is that I offer. And I've just always been like that. And maybe, you know, if you're a marketer and, and you were to talk to me, you probably would see like, oh, there's so many ways that you can scale. There's so many different things that you can do. And, and I've had people, friends and, and coaches approach me about it. And they're like, you could funnel and you could have coaches under you and you could, you could make however much more and on and on and on. And I'll sit and listen and I'll think about it. And there's been a couple of times where I've like tried to go down that route and it does not align with me and with who I am and with what it is that I offer. And I just, it's just not me. Mm -hmm. And so, and I get that there's a lot of people out there and a lot of coaches out there that are perfectly fine with scaling. And, you know, again, each to their own. Um, but I don't feel like I would offer or I would be able to do the job that I'm doing if I were to only give people a little bit of who I am and then have someone else work under me. And, and maybe a little bit of it is time as well. I don't really have a lot of time to like teach someone to you know have coaches under me. And I've been in contact with people, probably some similar people that we know um that have coaches that work underneath them mm -hmm. and they sell you a dream and they deliver you absolute trash yeah. absolute trash and yeah they might be making a ton of money but it just totally goes against what i stand for i think one if that's the business model you're running you're never going to get referrals yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's simple as that. You know, if people sure. ask me, you know, would I recommend the business coaches I work with? No. Mm -hmm. Simply, no, I would not. It was, it, it was, you know, and I'm, and I'll be very intentional about what I'm saying. I did not get coached at all in mm -hmm. the, in the time I spent investing in my coaches yeah, what I what i got so i and I, and i was careful not to say i didn't get anything out of it but what i got was access to individuals who i could leverage mm -hmm. that's what i got you know especially like in masterminds i got access to individuals that i could ask for things um, right. but i'm not shy about asking for things so did i get an roi on my investment sure Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Did Was I coached on how to be a better entrepreneur or be more successful within my, no, right? no. And in yeah. fact, the, some of the years I was in the masterminds were some of my least, least profitable years. Mm. 
mm-hmm. compared to years where I was focused on doing the work that I thought was important. Yeah. Um. So I think that is part of it. And the other part of it is, okay, so you get, if 90% of your business comes from referrals, it means you provide an extraordinary service mm-hmm. where people are so delighted, they're willing to to tell others you have to do it. And word of mouth can be equipped and it can be empowered and it can be fueled to, to, to grow even more. Um, but the fact that someone actually said, you should funnel this, like as if, as if funnel was a verb, you should funnel this. <laughs> that to me, I find, I find entertaining, but what I feel right. all of this is created is consumers who are a lot more cautious about where they're putting money. Mm-hmm. they are so much less likely to just see something on Instagram and be like, oh, I want this thing and buy it. Yeah. They need verifiable social proof. And mm-hmm. if I were, for example, to take a testimonial from you and put the, put it out there and say, Nadine Dumas says James Patrick is the greatest photographer she's ever worked with. In fact, can you say that for me right now, just so I have it on a recording? <laughs> cut it. <laughs> nah, she's not going to say it. Um, <laughs> let's just, let's just pretend she did. I'll, I'll okay. audio edit it. Um, and I put that out there. Mm-hmm. It probably won't work. And it's not that you're not amazing because you are. And it's not that you didn't believe what you said. Cause of course you believe that um, it's because if someone doesn't know you, who the shit cares what you say about me? All right. But if you yourself tell someone in person who yes. knows you, oh, mm-hmm. you should work with James. He 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 really helped me. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've achieved a lot of great things together. I, I would recommend him. Well, that person has now has now eliminated the fear of wasting an investment. Right. And if what they're trying to achieve matters to them, it doesn't matter what I say the price is. Yeah. It really Mm -hmm. doesn't because they're already sold. By the time they contact me, oh, Nadine told me to contact you, said that I should work with you. Mm -hmm. It does not matter how high I set the price. They're going to invest because they are 80 to 90% already sold on... I am the person that is going to solve their problem or give them the benefit that they're looking for. That right there is the power of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. It's true. And I have never had like any bad experiences, knock on wood, um, from anyone when it comes, when it comes to referrals and, and I don't ever ask anyone to, to do it either. And I've never, I want people to be able to do it because they genuinely want to refer me so again each to their own you know there's there's a lot of people out there I'm sure that are making a lot of money um, but I think that it really comes down to your morals Mm -hmm. and and what you believe in yeah what do you see coming next for you in in the work you've done because I mean you've already 
achieve so many things. I mean, I've, I've mm-hmm. seen you, I've seen you uh, in Forbes. Uh, I've mm-hmm. seen you um, on the cover of Oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're running a very successful business. You, you're a parent to a great kid. Like, what is there next that that creates a new level of success or fulfillment for you? Uh, hopefully another magazine cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just continuing to grow my business. And I have another side business as well. And that's been really fun. And it's like product-based. It's not service-based. And so it's been interesting learning about that and, you know, just kind of expanding into that world. Um, I just finished school last September. Oh, what for? And so I'm, uh, functional medicine. Nice. Functional medicine coaching. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. And, um, you know, now I'm just going to take a break from the school side of things. And, you know, I think I have enough in, in my toolkit to work with clients and just continue to keep on working with the types of people that I'm working with right now. I have been throwing up a lot about um, corporate work and um, expanding a little bit into the U.S. and working with some corporations on a wellness side. But again, it's just a matter of time and uh, demographic mm-hmm. or my awesome. location. Yeah. That so. is awesome. Well, I always want more work with you in the U.S. because that means I get to work with you. Well, I'm going to be there in March. Okay. Let's do it. I'll send you a message. Yeah, please do. Where can, where can listeners go to to be able to connect with you and learn more about what you're working on? Uh, NadineDumas.com and my Instagram. <laughs> if you want to check out my boring Instagram, Nadine Dumas. It is, it is not boring. It is actually a delightful <laughs> Instagram. And it's, it, but it's not, it, here's why it's delightful. It's because it's not what you're seeing everywhere else. That's why it's delightful. Yeah. And I have a funny kid, so he's usually on there often. Yeah. It's great. Well, we're yeah. going to make sure those are in the show notes. Nadine, always a pleasure. Thank you so much Thank for you. jumping on. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480 605 3254. Thanks again. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.